morning. I just love. I'm still getting used to. <laughs> I'm so not used to having to um, deal with um, having a face mask on going to church. Bearing in mind, this is actually my second in-person service in over a year. Yes. <laughs> And um, what a great place to be. I've, I, I've loved this church from the very first time I walked in and um, met with Liz. And you're so special and dear to my heart. And I, I just really thank God so much for you for all he's using you guys to do in Ashford and beyond. And I know that there's greater things in store, greater things to come. Um, as has been shared already, he's a way maker, he's a miracle um, worker, and whatever it is that God has called you to do in due season, if you do not give up, you will see it all come into fruition and it will be bigger than you ever thought or imagined. Um, I'm here on behalf of Compassion to say a massive thank you to you for your wonderful support of the children that you've been sponsoring, and thank you so much, Nick, for the... um, that incredible message that you shared. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I actually come from Ghana. (laughs) So as you were sharing that, I thought, yes, education is the way out out of poverty for many people, to the point where in Ghana now, if somebody has a a first degree and they want to pursue professional um, careers and so on, it's like, it's nothing. You've got to have a master's degree in order for you to get a really good job that's, you know, and that's the value that they place on, on education. So thank you for all that you do. But I thought it would be great to let you see what, what in terms of practical um, impacts, what is your support making in the lives of the children that are being sponsored? And so I'm pleased to share with you the screen to say that currently there are 25 children whose lives are being impacted because of your generosity. And um, as already been said, they're all in Ghana. And um, as you know, sponsorship is about building a relationship between the sponsor and the sponsored child, and we do that through letter writing. And I'm pleased to let you know that in the last year, 72 letters have gone back and forth. So well done. A round of applause to yourselves. Um, because I've been to places where sometimes um, it's, it's not as great as this. <laughs> um, um, and of that 72, 42 letters have been sent by all 25 sponsors. So that, again, is an incredible thing. At least a sponsor has written to your child in the last 12 months. And 30 letters have been sent by 12... Um, no, sorry, 25 beneficiaries, rather, have sent a letter all of the children, and then 12 sponsors have written 30 letters um, between them. There's 12 girls and 13 boys that make up that 25 um, children being sponsored. What does that look like in terms of practical support? So over the year, at least 18,260 hours have been spent by the children um, in the projects and a minimum of 4,565 nutritious meals have been provided. At least 103 medical checkups. That is staggering. Bearing in mind, Ghana is a place where if people are not well, the first thing they think about is if they've got money. 
We do not have the free NHS system like we do here. So you don't have the privilege of just picking up a phone to say, oh, I've got a headache, let me just call my GP, moan and complain when they don't pick up. No, the first thing you think about is whether you've got money. And I know of people personally who have passed because, unfortunately, they could not afford medical care. So that is incredible that this is just medical checkups, not because they were not well, but just as um, already been said, to try and catch anything early. And 41 Bibles have been given to the children as a result of this. For those of you who may not be familiar with compassion, um, one of the things we believe in is that we are called to release children from poverty, but it's not just a physical poverty. Poverty is spiritual. It is a mindset, and it is only the gospel that can let somebody break free from that mindset that has entangled their hearts and their minds, you know. And so that is why we partner with local churches to try to provide these children with a holistic child's development program, looking at their socioeconomic needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual growth. So you saw them singing in that video, and that's all some of the things that we do because we know that Jesus is the only way out of poverty because you could have somebody who's rich and wealthy, but unless they have a good relationship with Christ, they might not even use that wealth in the way that God wants them to use it for. Um, so thank you so much for that. What does that mean in terms of monetary terms? 12,812 pounds. Again, a round of applause, please. In the last 12 months, in the era where people are saying there's a lot of hardship, financial difficulties, this is what your support has actually enabled Compassion to have in providing the support that we do to the children. And in the last 12 months as well, an extra 13 gifts have been given to these children. And so on behalf of Compassion, I just really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. The Lord bless you for all that you're doing. I know that individually people have come against a whole lot of hardships. Some people have lost jobs. Some people have been put on furlough and so on. So we do not take it for granted at all, knowing that in the midst of all that the world has seen in the last couple of months, you've been faithfully supporting these children. And so thank you, and I'm sure that those children and their families, they always do pray for you, praying that God will continue to bless you so that you continue to be faithful in supporting them. But as you know, I prayed and I said to God, God, what can I share with you this morning? And the word that I got is in Galatians chapter... Let me just make sure I get it right. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, let us not grow weary. And just as I needed to show up, my internet (laughs) just decided to um, play up a bit. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. If you've got your Bible, you could please turn with me. It says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. I'll read it again. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap if we do not give in. 
and the word for the Lord, from the Lord for you all today as a church, as individuals who sponsor or as individuals who may be thinking of sponsoring as a church, I know that you're actively involved in bringing hope and transformation to many in this community not even because they are members of this church, but because you respond to the call of God to be an extension of the hands and feet of Christ by showing generosity. And the word of the Lord to you this morning is that do not grow weary in all that God has asked you to do, which you've been faithfully doing, whether it's through compassion or whether it's through all the different compassion projects that you run. As I read about how you provide meals to mothers who've given birth to children, I thought, oh my goodness, I wish I had that when I had one of my three boys. My, my husband and I are both Ghanaians. Our parents live in, in, in Ghana. And um, so each time we've had a baby, it's only friends and family who would come and visit. But we've never really had a, a privilege of somebody saying, oh, I've, I've cooked a meal, I'm coming to give it to you. No, 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 I never had that. So I thought, my goodness, I can't imagine what it will be like to just be at home and for somebody to show up to say, you know, oh, I'm a Christian and, you know, as a chair, this is what we're doing. And we just feel like we want to ease your burden a bit by providing you with, with a food, you know, cooked meals and stuff like that. So thank you so much for what you do. But God is saying, do not grow weary in doing all that he's called you to do. When you hear the word weary, it suggests that you've been doing something, you're good at it, but it comes a time when it becomes tiring. It comes a time when it becomes difficult. And it can become tiring and difficult for all sorts of reasons, particularly in this season where, you know, financial challenges are coming up, you know, people are coming up against that, where there's lack, there's scarcity. Maybe you, you even are struggling. The example God gave me is like, he's called you to do something, and you need money, but you look at your bank accounts and your bank balance does not actually match up to what you need for what he's called you to do. But the word is that do not grow weary in doing good. So when your bank balance doesn't match up to what God has asked you to do, what do you do? And why would that come about? The answer is in a scripture in First Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to read a couple of verses, starting from verse 7, um, and um, yeah, we'll see what the Lord will share with us today. So 1 Kings 17, 7, um, I'll probably read from 7 to 16. It says, it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow, a widow there to provide for you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks for firewood. He called out to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. See, I am gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it as our last meal and die. Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said. 
Just make me a little bread from it first and bring it out to me, and afterward you may make one for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty, until the day the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. When you hear a scripture like this, it's like, you know, for status, God, this is a widow. <laughs> so she's got a lot of things against her. Secondly, she only had a little. And God sends his prophet to this woman and says to the prophet, go to her, I've actually commanded her to feed you. And so as a ministry or even as a member of this church, you know, God gives an assignment and says as a church you're supposed to do this and that. And God is looking to every one of you to contribute resources, time, energy, finances, and so on to bring about the vision. But when Elijah was going to this woman, this woman didn't know that God had actually spoken to Elijah and said that I've actually commanded her. We don't know the backstory, but at least we do know that when Elijah showed up, she was kind enough to share what she had. Albeit that she said, you know, I'm going to share this with you and we're not going to make it, but she was still willing. So could it be that even as you've been members of the church, things, you know, so many projects you have in mind, that God is actually given a word of command and he said that you're supposed to be the one who he uses to bring about the fulfillment of the vision. And so as a ministry, compassion, recognizing that the child poverty is a big deal, it's a huge problem. We need people to support us every day. So today we've got children in that same project who need a sponsor. Could it be that God has already spoken to you and said, I want you to sponsor? How does that God talk to us? Through dreams, visions, he might send a prophet, he might even send somebody who is not a Christian at all, and he could give you a word. And so I think about the story of Moses' father-in-law. Moses, this great man, had led the people of Israel, taking them to the place that they, where they were still on their journey. He's judging all these people. His father-in-law comes and he's like, why are you taking all this burden upon yourself? Just appoint a few people so that they will become judges along with you. And that, later on, when you would discover, God didn't oppose it. So God had actually used somebody that you and I might think, oh, he doesn't maybe hear from God, but you know, God can use somebody to give a word to you. But the key thing is that God had spoken. God was the one who had ordained that this woman would actually be there to support Moses. She only had a little. But God, who is a way maker, promise keeper, the provider, knew that in as much as physically it didn't make sense, from where God was sitting, it made a lot of sense because he can take the little that you have and he can make it grand. And so the key thing is that we really need to hear what is God saying. What is God saying concerning your finances in a time like this? Have you stopped paying your tithes? Have you reduced your offerings and all of that because you're thinking, but you know, it doesn't add up my finances, but what is God saying? So the key is that we need to first hear from God. What is he saying to us? And when we have heard what God is saying to us, sponsor a child, give more, do this for that or that which you've never done before. 
it is to really re- find a way to increase your faith. You've got to find a way to increase your faith because it will take faith, and you must have taken faith for that woman to actually say, you know what, I don't have, I'm going to still share what I have with you because that's what she did. Why is it important that we increase our faith? Because when we increase our faith, we'll trust God more. So when we sing a song like he's a way maker, he's a promise keeper and all of that, it's great to sing it, but how do you actually demonstrate that practically? How do you increase your faith? By the study of the word, by speaking the word of God over yourself. And I really loved that confession you make after the offering. And those are the things. And I think the last time I came with Sheba, we talked about how, you know, if we've got faith, our, our confession, what we say. It says, say to this mountain, be moved. You've got to speak to the situation. You've got to speak the word of God so that that thing will shift. And so even when you really believe in God for something that you know he's told you to do and it doesn't make sense, you've even got to be very selective as to who you're hearing, who is speaking to you, because you don't want somebody to say a word that will derail you. So I think of Abraham when God said to him to give up his son Isaac, this child of promise that they had waited for for so many years. When you really study that story, it tells you that he actually didn't even tell Sarah. He didn't tell the servants that he would ha- traveled with him. He didn't even tell Isaac that you're the one that God has said we should offer up as a sacrifice. Why did he do that? I'm sure he did that because he had to apply wisdom because he knew if he did that, chances were that he would not even be able to make it to that place where he was told to sacrifice that child. So we've got to be selective as to what we hear, who we hear. We're going to have to intentionally listen to other people's testimonies. What did God do for such and such a person when they were going through crisis? What is God saying? We've got to also, you know, decide to be careful what we hear, even in the songs that we sing. So sing, hearing a song like, he's a promise keeper, he's a way maker, it stirs up your faith. One of the things we also need to do is to resolve that we will do all that God asks us to do. And I love the story about Daniel and his friends, that the Bible says that they made it, they resolved that they were not going to defile themselves with the food that the king would present to them. One of the things I love about Abraham when you study his life is that every time God said to him to do something, irrespective of what it was, he was quick to obey, irrespective of how, what it would cost him. And that's the place that God wants us to be if we do not want to be weary in doing good. And we need to look to God for provision. We need to look to God for provision and we've got to live righteously. Because in all of this, we ask people to sponsor a child and so on, not because we want you to look good in the eyes of somebody else, but because as a righteous person, the Bible says that the righteous shall live by his faith. And God will grant the righteous everything that their heart's desire is. And we do this because that is what Jesus wants us to do. And when we do anything that he wants us to do, and we're doing it in his name, he has already been said, he cannot deny himself. He's got to watch over his word to fulfill it. And he told us that when we give to the poor, he will give to us. He blesses us so that we can be a blessing. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And so, as I said today, do not be weary in doing good. Because in due season, if you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. But most importantly, other people's dreams and aspirations is dependent on your obedience to what God has said. And so even looking at that um, little child and, and so on, their families and everything else, they're praying, and God is using you as a vessel. 
an honor, really, if you think about it, for you to be a vessel he uses to bless other people. The reason why God would demand of you something when you feel that you've, you, know, you don't have more, more than enough is also because he wants to test your faith. And you know what? As a people of faith, there will, the testings will come. We will not hear the word of God and not expect that God is going, going to give us an opportunity for us to apply what we have heard. And really, when you look again at the life of Abraham, it was a testing of his faith throughout his entire journey. It was one thing for him to say, I'm going to go to this place. I don't even know where you're telling me to go. But each time, God would you know, stretch his faith a little bit. And so sometimes when God comes to you and he's asking you of that very little thing, it's just because he's putting you to the test. But praise God that when we pass that test, we will receive a reward. The reward for generosity is not just an earthly one, but there is a spiritual aspect to it in heaven, even. And one of the reasons why God would ask of you to not grow weary is because he wants to display his power and his glory through you as a church and through you as an individual. You probably don't know what people say about you as a church in the community. Maybe you've heard of that some, but for, there are some people who may not even be Christians but cannot deny the fact that they know that you've been a blessing to them because of Jesus, because you stand for Christ and all that he's called you to do. Before I wrap up, I just want us to watch a short video clip of what generosity can do in the life of a person, and even to encourage those of you who are sponsoring children, that could potentially be your child. Tony's story. I think basketball was my companion in poverty. He shoots. He scores. I will walk around with an imaginary basketball, and I'll be walking around and doing things with, with a basketball that was not there. We didn't have enough money to buy toys and all of that. I heard the voices of poverty telling me that you are not important. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, you will not be able to change the situation in which you were living. While all the kids were playing games, I will be working hard just to get whatever I can to help my family. My name is Tony Beltran, and I am the National Director of Compassion International for the Dominican Republic, and I was sponsored by Compassion when I was a child. Looking back, I see that the Lord was moving many people to sacrifice so that I could grow and develop. For example, my mother, and there were days that we didn't have enough food for all of us, and she would pretend to be eating or pretend to be doing something at the kitchen or go outside. But the reality is that there was no food for all of us. But that changed because God brought the Compassion Center into my family. At the center, I could play games. At the center, they cared about me and they showed God's love through common actions that I could understand. And God was showing me his love through the people at the center. And to make a long story short, when I was seven, I was shining shoes in the streets. When I was 14, I was fixing and assembling computers. When I was 23, I was already an IT manager for a group of companies in the east of the Dominican Republic. Because someone decided to invest in my life. Because someone decided to sacrifice so that I could have opportunities. 
I remember that I never got a letter from my sponsors since I was seven all the way until I was 14. When I was 14, a different family decided to sponsor me and each one of them wrote me a letter. So at the same time, I got seven letters and that was very, very powerful to me. And I would be telling my friends, hey, you know what? I got seven letters and, and the meaning of that is that someone was investing in my life. That is why I want to encourage you to continue sponsoring children. I think my story is evidence that, that God is using compassion for changing the life of people and for bringing opportunities to many kids who are currently in need. We don't know how God is going to use the child you are sponsoring today. I can tell you for sure, we are changing one life, we are impacting a community. We are bringing glory to the Lord. May the Lord continue to bless you. Isn't that incredible? From a sponsored child, he's now a director. Amazing. And so when God says to you, do not be weary in doing good, the people who sponsored him did not know that that was going to be the outcome of his life. But guess what? Because of who he is today, when his life story is being told, even in eternity, God would acknowledge that those people avail themselves for him to use them to bring about what we see in Tony's life. And so if you're thinking, I sponsor already, but you feel that you've got the capacity to maybe take on some more children, I would encourage you to do so if you can. If you've never sponsored before and you feel that maybe you want to come along us, I would encourage you to do so. If you already sponsor, I would encourage you not to give up to keep pressing on in faith to sponsor. And how do you do so? If we could please put up um, on the screen the photos of children who need a sponsor. Because of COVID, we've also moved on a bit and um, doing everything online. So you could actually, gonna, yeah, you could follow that um, either using a QR code scanner or sending um, a sponsor, um, a code to by text to sponsor a child, we'll choose one of the children from the project so that you can sponsor. Before I sit down, there's a, a, a lyrics of a song that I would want to share with you to encourage you. It's called That's When by Alvin Slaughter. And this is what it says. When we have a work to do and the task ahead seems bigger than you, that's when he steps in. When you know in your hearts that God's command takes more than can be done by a man. That's when he steps in. He sees you at the point of your need. He sees you at the point of crossing your Red Sea. In the moment you call, when you've given your all, he steps in. He steps in. And he'll say, what's that you have in your hand? I can use it if you're willing to lose it. Take the little you have and make it grand. I am El Shaddai and I'll more than supply your need. When all you have is an oil in a jar, that's a reflection of where you are. That's when he steps in. A little boy's lunch of fish and bread is all you have for the need ahead. That's when he steps in. Let him take it and bless it and break it and use it. He'll multiply it in the moment you live it and in the moment you call. When you've given your all, he steps in. 
he steps in. So be encouraged. Do not grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, if you do not give up, you will reap a reward. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. And we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.